Um, All so right. Hello, hello, and you're very welcome to uh, Ross Portview with myself, Aidan Raffrey, and the show is as always kindly sponsored by Heinz Pharmacy here in Ross Common Town. And now it is time for uh, Rugby Plus with myself and, of course, Michael Cook, as always. Hello, Michael. How are you? Are you well? I'm good, thanks, Aidan. Yourself? Not too bad, no, not too bad. Yeah, so uh, I suppose really we, we start off by looking back at the Pro 14 over the weekend. Um, you know, uh, Leinster and Leinster and Ulster had uh, played at the weekend as well. Yes, and it was very much a, a one-sided game for the most part. Leinster won without being at their best, which is a scary sign away if Leinster win this game in a canter without being at their best. But uh, the, the the result four minutes uh, the never the result never looked in doubt. Uh, James Hume got an early try for Ulster, but it never rattled them in truth and. Ulster didn't score then for the remaining 76 minutes and Leinster, James Lowe, the try got him into their stride and once they got into their stride then that uh, they, they started to get progressively better as the game went on and now they've done three Pro 14 titles in a row which has never been done before. That's it. But uh, as we, I suppose really as we discussed in, in, on previous interviews this is one, this is a very serious uh, Leinster side and it's it's going to be hard to see who who can beat them unless unless there's a, a, a one of the European teams in France or something like that. But uh, you know that there'll be a tough side uh, to beat. But I suppose elsewhere in the um, in the Pro 14. Well, that was the only game in the Pro 14. Oh, that was yeah, that was the final. So yeah, I suppose uh, looking forward now to uh, to the uh, the Champions Cup. Hello. Go on. Yeah, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, looking for looking looking towards the uh, Champions Cup. Which game? Um, well, the 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 games involving uh, the Ulster, Munster, Leinster, and Connacht but that are coming up. Um. Well, yeah, we've Leinster and Saracens on Saturday at three o'clock, and we've Ulster and Toulouse then Sunday at twelve thirty. So. As I said, two two games in prospect that could make for very good viewing. Leinster uh, going up against Saracens, first of all. Uh, Saracens, of course, has, haven't exactly had the nicest lead build-up in the lead-up to this game. And then the matters have been exacerbated by the absence of their playmaker, Owen Farrell. Now, uh, Leinster, while they were comfortable in dispatching Ulster, their, their performance wasn't perfect. And definitely, Leinster's line-out was poor in the first half. Saracens will be looking at this as a potential area they could expose. As well as that, uh, Leinster, they, they missed 14 tackles as well. Again, Saracens will be looking at this, trying to capitalise on it. But all in all, all in all, the, 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 these were just uh, a few of the shortcomings for Leinster. They are very well stocked and they just, for me, they, they're, they're just going too well. Like 25 wins in a row in all competitions speaks for itself. And they've used about 53 players. So that just tells you that the depth of talent that they have, they have so such an embarrassment of riches and they almost have specialist game plans tailored to different kinds of opposition. And I think knowing Leinster, they'll find a way through and they'll get the job done. And should they do so, then they'll get a home quarter final against either Claremont or Racing in the semifinals. Yeah, they won't be, they won't be uh, easy games by any manner of means. Um, no, just said Len- Leinster. Well, they 
knowing them, they'll be they won't be getting too carried away despite their Pro 14 success. And uh, Claremont or Racing are going to provide a very tough opposition, whichever one of them gets through. And uh, I, it's, 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 it's for me, Claremont and Racing, it's the hardest of the quarterfinals to to call. It's fourth seeds versus fifth seeds, and there isn't much between them. Uh, they're both both of them have explosive backlines like uh, between them they've scored 50 tries in, in the in the tournament so far Racing of 26 Claremont of 24 and uh, Claremont are the highest point scorers in the competition they have 207 points amassed in 6 games so this could be one riveting open flowing game of rugby and when you look at the the, the names on show in this game like for Claremont of Earn, like George Moala, Alvaretti, Raka, both have, have 10 tries between them. They have Camille Lopez and they have Anton Dupont, who is one of the best scrum halves in the world right now. Then you look at Racing, you know, Juan Imhoff and Teddy Tama are both have pace to burn and they're both very dangerous on the wings. And up front as well, up front as well, Racing are, are very strong too as well. And but the the one thing that could come against them is that well, uh, Kirtley Beal, the Australian three quarterback, could be missing through suspension, and they'd rather have him than not have him. I don't think there's much between these sides, but for me, Claremont might just shade it. And I suppose really looking at uh, Connacht as well, they they they'll be they're uh, they they won't. I think that they Connacht will be a kind of a different a different team or a better team this season, won't they? Well, Connacht aren't playing this overall. weekend. Yeah. Hello. But uh, yeah. yeah, well, like, uh, well, you see, it's, it's, yeah, it's as well. Connacht have made, have made good signings, like, uh, so they, it's possible, like, that they could, they could be, um, I did the, these signings, like Abraham Papili and uh, the winger they signed from Australia as well. These, this could enhance the side, but. Uh, there was, there was definitely a couple of positive performances to build on towards the end of the season, like uh, Ulster, the win over Ulster, where they won scoring a bonus point. That was um, that was, uh, I, I was something they looked to build on. The, their performance, uh, the, 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 some of their performances were very good. And like it, but they, they definitely have recruited well over lockdown, but I don't know yet if they have made the breakthrough as teams that can challenge for silverware again. That's it. I suppose really the key to Connacht's success if, uh, and doing well, I suppose, is Bundyaki to a to a large extent. He's still he, he's he's still a very good. He's a great player, isn't he? He is. He's a top class player, and he's amassed over hundred caps for Connacht now. And uh, Jack Carty as well is a uh, key to it as well. And so is Queen Rue and Tiernan O'Halloran. You know, these are the guys. But they can't just depend on them like the. The signing those players from Australia and New Zealand was a step in the right direction, but uh, they're just going to they're they're just going to have to try and produce produce more players because they they can't keep uh, relying on the same core group of players the whole time. So they have to just uh, re- look elsewhere, increase their options. Because well, I find like the you know the teams that are doing well, the best at the moment in rugby are the teams with the strongest panels, and I I def like. Leinster, as we can see, are classic examples of that. But Ulster too, how they had injuries against Edinburgh and still got managed to get the job done. So definitely, you know, it is all very well saying, you know, that they have the likes of, uh, they have Jack Carty and they have Gundiaki and Quinn Rue, but they can't be just depending on them. They just, 
like uh, building a panel is, is 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 easier said than done but sometimes it takes time signings will help with that but it could just be a process that they might need to give themselves time because it doesn't happen overnight that's it and i suppose really another player as well that we haven't ha- ha- heard that much of in a while is um is Alton delan no we haven't uh, heard that heard that much of him of late uh Alton delan well he has really been on the scene but uh we could um we could uh, hear or see from him in the near, in the near future that's it and i suppose uh Moving on to Ulster and, and their uh, their campaign as well. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, they, did their campaign the Pro 14 or the Champions Cup? Well, both really. Um, well, in the Pro 14, um, as I said, to, to look, Dave, I definitely think, like, you know, they said that there is an improvement. Dan McFarland has done an, an improvement on this Ulster side. Like, two years ago, they were in dire straits. Since then, he's got them to back-to-back Champions Cup quarterfinals. He's got them to a Pro 14 final. Okay, they haven't got over the line just yet, but compared to where they were two years ago, this is a step forward. And, you know, Dan McFarlane has done a good job at large and getting him to, they would would have been happy with their uh, Champions Cup form as well, but they're going up against Toulouse now Sunday and the sad Ernest Fallon and they're going to have it all to do to play, to beat Toulouse at the minute because Toulouse are a very strong side. That's it, and I suppose uh, looking at uh, Munster as well and their uh, Pro 14 and uh, Champions Cup campaigns. Um, well, Munster again, like you know, it's the said the semi-final ceiling. The the semi-final ceiling is a is still a problem for Munster. Like they've lost. Uh, the last five semi-finals now in a row, and in all competitions, they haven't won any silverware in nine years. So, Munster are getting to the concluding stages, but can't seem to get beyond that. And that has been a persistent problem now for Munster. And like you know, they they aren't they aren't they weren't helped by injuries like R.G. Snayman and Joey Carberry were. Huge losses to them, really, and there's no point saying otherwise. But again, as I talked about a second ago, about the importance of a panel, Munster were lacking in a panel as well, and that's part of the reason that they that they came up short. Yeah. I think that uh, there's that, that, that there's definitely some signs of promise with, with Munster, but it's uh, like the, as well as like the. Getting in Damien Dialende was a good step in the right direction. At least one of their signings has managed to stay fit. A World Cup winner with South Africa will bolster their backline as well as that. Then, well, they, they, they brought through a couple of young players like the likes of Ben Healy and Shane Daly and a few a few others that have called Finian Witcherly is another one. Academy players, they can only hope now that uh, these guys did, did step up to the plate because that's what they're going to have to do if they're going to improve the panel, which is ultimately going to be one thing they have to do if they are to get past this semi-final ceiling and actually go a step further and actually win some silverware. That's it. I suppose really looking at the panel um, going forward, do you, do you think that they need to bring um, forward, uh, bring up more players from the academy, or do, do you think for experience that they they should they need to sign uh, players from outside from outside the academy, you know, and bring them in from other clubs. Um. Well, as as I was saying there, I think definitely they, they need to concentrate on bringing players through the academy, and uh, 
they hope that they deliver on their potential. And I suppose if they are signing players from abroad, they have like they have made good signings. But the trouble was they have all the players that they've signed have been good, but have been very injury prone. So they need to be, I suppose, they need to get a bit luckier with signings that they sign good players who aren't so prone to injury. And then that might help things a small bit. That's it. And I suppose really when, when you look at them as well, there's a, a number of uh, under-20s lads that have, have good experience from playing from, for, the, uh, for the Ireland uh, under-20s as well. You know, some of them would be, would be good to bring in as well. Yeah, as I said, uh, Craig Casey is one. Jack Crowley has shown uh, a great potential now at the Ireland under-20s. I've been hugely impressed by him. And, he, you know, Munster are, have been, since Ronan O'Gara retired, have been lacking an elite level out half. And it's it'll be, he's a hard man to replace. Now, Joey Carberry was the man that looked the closest to him, but he's had no luck with injuries. Munster then, you know, they're, if, the, he, if it's not going to be him, they're depending on if it's JJ Hanran. And if it's not going to be him, then you're looking to the likes of Ben Healy and Jack Crowley. And Jack Crowley has been phenomenal for the Ireland under 21 so one can only hope that he brings that same form through to senior level and the same with Craig Casey who has been outstanding for the Ireland under 21s and we need uh, well we we need someone to, to to provide some stiff competition to Connor Murray for that number nine spot that used to be Albie Mathewson but Albie Mathewson has now moved on to playing and he's playing with Ulster he'll be playing again on Sunday in the quarter final well of course he was he was drafted in in place of John Cooney in the final, such as the strides he has made. He was a great big Munster's last year was Ulster's gain. So that's one of the, all the more reason why Munster need the likes of Craig Casey and the others coming through. That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much, uh, Michael, for, um, uh, for uh, taking the time out to do uh, the weekly rugby. So I suppose really if you were to look at, at uh, the, the games that are on next week, this coming weekend, are there any matches that stand out for you as regards uh, the more, one of the more interesting games to watch? All of them kind of stand out in a way because uh, a lot of them, you know, uh, have potential to be great encounters. Well, Le- Leinster and Saracens on Saturday at three o'clock is a fascinating game in prospect. And the, the all-French pairing last year between Toulouse and Racing produced a thriller which Toulouse came through. I think Claremont and Racing could be an explosive thriller, just like the one we saw last year between Toulouse and Racing. And as I was saying, you know, it is, it is the hardest of the games to call, but I think Claremont will just shade it. And I think, you know, Leinster, despite without being at their best, that they have still managed to, to, to look really impressive against Ulster and Munster. And they've held both of them to a combined six points. Like I've been... Praising Leinster for their defence, for their attack, but their defence has nearly stood out more so. So I think Leinster will beat Saracens, and Saracens, as talented as they are, will find it hard to break away through. Ulster are going to have it all to do against Toulouse. Their form hasn't been great since lockdown. Toulouse, on the other hand, looked imperious in the group stages. They have a, a well, they have a serious backline. And Sheslin Colby, who's one of the best wingers in the world, is the star. I think Toulouse could, will beat Ulster. Um, depending on which Ulster shows up, that could be uh, one of the better games. But if not, if they're not at a hundred percent, if the if the, the Toulouse, if it's the Ulster that we saw against Connacht in the, the final against Leinster last week, then Toulouse could run away with it. And then the game between Exeter and Northampton, um, 
Northampton lately have been have been struggling of late, and earlier they, they met in the Premiership only uh, the earlier this month, and the ex- Exeter, despite feeling a second string side, they still beat them. So Exeter are going to put out their first string side on on the weekend. So I, in that case, I would expect them to get the job to get the job done really easily. I suppose if you're looking for a standout game to be either Leinster Saracens or Claremont versus Racing, I think both of them are fascinating encounters and prospect. That's great. Well, listen, thanks very much for your time today. And we look forward to uh, looking back at, ne- at this weekend's games in next week's uh, Rugby Plus. Excellent. And I look forward to talking to you then. No problem. Thanks very much, Michael. And uh, that was Michael Book, our rugby analyst.